Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 12, Episode 11, titled One Queen Show. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one charming cheat. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... And I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for you meddling kids. To Taylor... The Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Joseph. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Uh, and we have a very special guest today because, you know, we're talking about uh, improv and sketch comedy. Where do you want to be from, Jay? Uh, I'm still doing things for AfterBuzz, so that works for me. But Afterthought, too, I'm doing it for both of you guys. I could just be Jay Ellis. <laughs> That's- <laughs> Just a thought. Wonderkind, Jay Ellis. <laughs> yeah. Well then. Bon vivant. <laughs> I also don't know why you keep booking me on these chicken shit gigs. <laughs> I'm a future Oscar winner. Uh, all right, then. He's Jay, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, give it up for one fat. Oh, please say. Where is the fish? To. <laughs> <laughs> To Jay Ellis. Hello, Jay. Hi. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. <laughs> yeah. My signature sign-on. Yeah. How are you guys doing? We're doing very well. Now, Jay, you know for Patreon subscribers, we run a contest mm-hmm. where they can win a $50 prize if they guess clip zero, those quotes. And they had two chances today. Those quotes are called clip zero. And I got to tell you something. The guys, you have to learn to think like Joe. The, a lot of the qu- quotes people put in there, no one got it. No one got any. In fact, I pulled four, and no one got any of the four. Uh, they went with the really obvious ones. They went with like okay. RuPaul said when RuPaul said like um, play with my hole because I'm like if they're trying to be double entendre, <laughs> I'm not going to use it. Right here were the other two. Here were the other two I didn't go with. There's this one. I'm trying to be like a whoopee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's this one. Now, where's Oprah? I don't know why. Like, <laughs> no, where, but and no one named any of those four. They were all like about, you were quotes I didn't even know. Were and those was, was Jada? No, the last no, one, one was Whoopi. One was Whoopi. She said, oh. Now, where, I, I didn't understand what that, did you get that joke, Jay, uh, Taylor? Was on the, it was on the runway. Well, because she was wearing the color purple and they were, Co-stars. I have to go. All right. Sounds good. I'll be right back. All right. Uh, I It's because of um, Celia and... Because uh, Oprah and Whoopi, didn't they play sisters in the color purple? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So why don't we do this? Why don't we... Um, so Taylor had to go take care of something personal, some personal business. Um, Taylor- he left something in the Interiors Illusion Lounge. <laughs> All right, here we go. This week, the queens impersonate the competitors in a puppet mini-challenge for the maxi-challenge. The top six create and perform their own one-queen shows. On the runway, the category is the color purple. Crystal entertains the judges and takes her first win of the season, while Heidi and Jada flatline and find themselves in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their lives, Jada is told, Shantae, you stay, while Heidi Aphrodite is asked... 
to sashay away. Jay Ellis, please name two things like about the episode and one thing you did not. Uh, one major thing I really loved was having Whoopi Goldberg there as a director. As much of a presence as she was, she was uh, there for the comedy show, there for the direction, and I, I watched her in Untucked, and I feel mm-hmm. like she was just a great um, person to come into the show and really give advice for this specific challenge, especially because that's where she got her start, was doing a one-woman show. I also thought that Ross Matthews, his um, commentary on ev- – he had every critique that I had during his judging panel. So I really thought he was spot on with all of his criticisms. So I thought he did a really good job this episode. Mm-hmm. And then the thing I didn't like was the puppet challenge. What happened? It was, I thought one of the worst, it, probably the worst one that I think I've seen come out of the show. But what about you? Uh, well, let me comment on the puppet challenge. Cause it, I guess we'll talk, I'll talk, I'll give my comment on the actual puppet challenge. Cause I don't have those things. What I have are, um, Rue's Paul, Ru, 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 Paul's comment. Ru girl. Ru girl. You got she mail. Uh oh. Yeah, uh oh. She done already done had hers. Please send all email to the best of today at gmail.com. By the way, I've done that joke before. That's Lori's email address. Right. And I've done that joke a couple of times. And about a week ago, Lori got an email saying, Joe, you need to call me right now. <laughs> phone number. I'm not gonna call that. Person. Can you imagine me going like, "Well, the person said I have to call them. Then I may have to call them." <laughs> so, yeah. anyway, uh, RuPaul's comment about the final six at the end was not yeah. wrong. It's probably from what I can tell. I'm still trying to get to this to the top six for season six, but it might be the strongest top six in the history of the show. I agree. I think that they've, I, I, even if they're not performing all the time, fantastic, they're still interesting contestants that I am interested in what they're going to be doing. Yeah. They, they've all had such like peaks and valleys that it's really, they've been fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing I liked is, and I don't know what it is, the way Crystal Method moves, the way the facial expression she makes, the way she moves her body just being her, I find it incredibly sexy. Am I wrong? Uh... It, are you think I'm trying to think of a specific? Are you talking about when she was doing this strip no, routine? No, well, the, yeah, but that's part of how she moves. But like, no, just the way she just moves, just the way she just flounces around. Here's the deal, though, and I've said this before: I am a sucker for a femi guy. Like the more yeah. feminine, the better. And he has very like cutesy girl body movement, body language, and mm-hmm. I'm here for it. I think the way he, I feel like I was actually working on my Crystal Method confessional impression. Yeah, I feel everything's like. Am I wrong? Like, no. Like, I'm not going to be wearing that. Come on. I'm going to miss Heidi. So, like, it's always like, I'm confused. Um, Their vocal pattern reminds me a lot of uh, Jonathan Van Ness from Gay of Thrones. If you've, mm-hmm. I, I feel like they have the same cadence in their voice, for yeah, sure. That's, that's where you went? Jonathan Van Ness of Gay of Thrones? I mean, I know that's where he's from, but don't you think he's more well-known for Queer, for queer Eye? For queer Eye, yeah. I... I, I don't watch Queer Eye, though, so I know him more from Game, Game of Thrones. Okay. I know we, I know him from real life, Yeah, if I'm honest. Do you really know my RL? <laughs> yeah, we uh, we did a show at AfterBuzz called um, Gay Weekly Roundtable. Oh, when was the last time you saw her IRL? Before Queer Eye even happened, so it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Is it weird to have a friend that blew up like that? And, and I say friend, I mean, this is like a... You told me he was your best friend. In private. Right. We are. Yes. So it is very strange to see my best friend changing lives and just making miracles happen. Mm. 
Um, but for as far as Crystal, you, I, I am a con- convert from episode one to where we are now with Crystal. She, her, and Jada. It's for me a two horse race for them to win. I would be happy with really any of them taking the crown, with really the exception of one. But we'll get there. Um, I really want Jada or Crystal to win, and I have fallen in love with Crystal. I've like taken the magic pill. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm like, yeah, I'm a convert, but I was a convert episode one. I was right. not. If you hear the Meet the Queens episode, I thought she was gone episode one. What I've learned, like, I, I don't. Sometimes I go, what was I thinking? I still actually, I can see why I thought that she she doesn't have the most confidence in a confessional or interview type situation. So it came off as the the her her lack of confidence or insecurities came off as like, oh, she goes home early. That was the only mm-hmm. reason I thought that, and so I don't walk that back because that's the way she comes off. But um. But episode one, the second I just got it when she walked in the workroom, I was like, "Oh shit, this is, this is she's the yeah. real deal." And well, so, so Crystal, well, Crystal's movement, and you said RuPaul kind of complimenting the top six. But what's your thing you didn't like? I did not like that whole one woman show challenge. I just really didn't. I felt it was I, and it's not even necessary to fault the girls. Uh, I feel that the challenge was a too ambitious for the show. For mm-hmm. the time frame that they have and how much time they gave the girls. Two, it uh, was unclear exactly what they wanted. You and I will get into that, I think, when we talk about the show. But it was unclear uh, what they wanted from the show. Or at least it wasn't telegraphed to us properly. Yeah, but even then, that's why I want to get into it. Because, you know, Lori got into this. Uh, Lori Roggenkamp from our other shows, who's also a Los Angeles improv and sketch comedy legend. Uh, like if there's a Mount Rushmore of sketch and improv, it Lori Roggenkamp uh, will play the mountain. But the point is, <laughs> uh, she uh, she would also have her face on there, just by virtue of being the mountain, though. So um, th- uh, she was talking about. I think she's right that this was more of a character showcase than it was a one person show. It was like mm-hmm. if you were doing an SNL audition, you might do something like this. And right. one of the things I said was to encourage you kind of what they were looking for is to look up Will Ferrell's audition on YouTube. I for some reason, that's on YouTube, his SNL audition. And he's doing just character after character, like really quick vignettes of the characters. But I, I, I'm sure you have a lot to say about that. Because you went all the way through the Groundlings, or? Uh, I went up to the Advanced Lab, and then I switched to UCB. Oh, okay. So you didn't go to writing? I did not do the I didn't do writing at Groundlings. No, I do writing at UCB. Okay. Yeah, but everyone should know. So, Groundlings has a very like hierarchical class structure, and uh, and you have to when you get to the higher one, you have to wait years sometimes to get a spot in the class. But then when you get to a certain point, then there's the end of the line, and they make an, they make a decision whether you're going to join the Groundlings or not. Uh, it's also important to know that major impressionists or people with huge characters come out of Groundlings, whereas uh, more improv, just kind of quick people are based more out of UCB. Like uh, you'll see a Kristen Wiig who's done target lady. Uh, she has a Gilly, a bunch of huge characters came out of groundlings. Whereas like Amy Poehler, who's just known for like a quicker wit and just like a, a sitcom funny and timing is a UCB founder. So yeah. just the difference that you might see. Yeah. All right. Uh, after the non-elimination, Heidi and Jackie returned to the workroom hand in hand. Heidi thinks Jackie had a epiphany, and the queens discuss their track records. Gigi is threatened by Jada and frustrated that nobody went home last week. J- uh, Jada, do you have any thoughts on this um, 
Uh, I usually let the conversation bleed into the episode, but this one was so separate from the episode. Did you have any top, uh, talking points about uh, what happened uh, during that first act? Yeah, I I don't know why Heidi Hepiphany isn't a contender for her name if yeah. she wants to switch. Um, I thought the most interesting part of the cold open was just Jada talking about her wins and Gigi kind of still being mad that there are six contestants in there. Where if you really do think about it, how frustrating is that as a contestant to think now there might be a double sachet and I might be one of the ones up for elimination oh. during that chance. Mm-hmm. So I think Gigi's thinking strategically thinking... I haven't been doing so well in the competition lately. So if they just save two, maybe there's a, a double elimination and I might be victim of that. Interesting. Interesting. So I don't, that's, that's kind of where I thought the frustrations may have come from. But it's also, I mean, every time you see it, the, the viewers love that we got to save Heidi last week. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that the double Shantae You Stay happened this week because I mm-hmm. liked both of those contestants a little more than Jackie Cox. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I just could see how frustrating it is to be in the competition and to not see progress you're you're just stagnant now you, you know they you know it kind of got glossed over because of the Gigi drama and just talk i don't know why but you're right jada makes a really good point that she not only does she have three wins but she has three wins on three different fronts so it's mm-hmm. short, so not only does she have three wins but it's showing what a well-rounded queen she has she has a looks win an acting win and a dancing win and uh and and it really just reminded me of how you know I was a latecomer on Jada, not because mm-hmm. I, I never disliked her, but I I think she was sort of hidden throughout the show. We didn't get to really know when there were a lot of queens on the show. We didn't really get a chance to know her. But as we've gotten to know her, I really like her, um, which is funny because I, I believe Trixie Mattel has sort of uh, talked about this on social media, which is because they know each other from back in the day. Oh, OK. Yeah. And she was like, don't sleep on Jada kind of thing, like. She's really, really, really strong. And I think we've really, really, really seen that. Um, yeah. Going to Gigi's comments, I feel it's something that the show really tried to play up. But I don't think it was that big of a deal. Like, I think um, uh, I think that um, she was making a comment. I think, And I think, I think the girls took the comment for what it was. Okay? But uh, the show tried to play it up like they were just like really offended. But I think I even feel like like uh, Jackie's open mouth, like a gassed look on her face was almost out of fun. Like, I think they get it. And we've seen moments like this on the show when the girls are really pissed that came up. And and it didn't seem like that. It's, it's It's a point that I have later where it's one of these things where... All the girls get along, and you can tell they're really sisters and they're really good friends. Um, and that's great just for society, but it's not often that it makes the best television. That makes sense. Right. Sense. Yeah. So producers are trying to pick up these moments of like, yeah. we still have drama, guys. Look at this drama. Well, you and I both laugh at the at the bumpers in and out of the commercials. Uh, <laughs> I... I almost had a joke today where I was like, so I stopped at this point in the commercial. I assumed that they did terrible because that's just what they showed. And then meanwhile, Gigi's getting laughs. I'm like, so you, it's, it's it's so fake the way that they shoot those things. Especially going into the elimination day, right before the elimination day commercial, they show uh, Jackie saying like, you know, you got to get out of Ram sewer. And they show Heidi, like looking back, like, is this girl for real? And you're like, yeah, that's not what it was about. Like they just—that's the thing. Why does no one talk to you? They just openly lie. We're gonna lie I mean, to you. We will find out where you actually put that moment. Like that, yeah. I think they think that we're not gonna keep watching because that moment of uh, well, the way they put it in was of Heidi being uh, 
confused that she didn't know who Rose was from Golden Girls. Isn't yeah. that right? Like, isn't yeah. that where it actually fit in the That's show? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Did, oh, no, Heidi did. Jada didn't know who it was. Did you say Oh, that? oh. No, Jada didn't know. Yeah, Jada didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. That, but yeah. I, I get the okay. sense even Jada knew. She just didn't know her full name. I know people who know I, the girl, the girls and don't know that her name was Rose Nyland. You that know? was me. I was like, I don't know who Rose Nyland is, but then as soon as Rose happened, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I, I, Rose is more iconic than Rose Nyland. Yeah, and so even that wasn't that big of a moment, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yes. I, I don't think you have to be that hard of... What, what, okay, could you name the, the Golden Girls in their full names? We know Rose Nyland. No, I could just do first names. You can't do last names of anybody. Blanche De- Debreau? Debreau? Blanche, Blanche Devereaux. Dorothy. Okay. Hamill. <laughs> I'm just doing word association. Which is just an old school reference. He's a 1970s Olympic skater. Um, no, Dorothy's Borneck. And then. Well, so, then that's her mom's name, too, right? Nope, nope, because that was her Because Dorothy's name. married. Yeah, yeah so never Sophia, mind. Sophia's last name is? So Hold on. Sophia, Sophia Vergara. <laughs> No, Patrillo. You have gays across the country right now b- uh, banging their fists on the driving seat on the steering wheel. Right to best of this week. Right, right to <laughs> the best, best of, of today week. at gmail.com oh. with your complaints about that. Best of the day. Okay. <laughs> the best. <laughs> A person, I, I, the poor person who has that email who's getting those things. <laughs> All right, here we go. The next day, RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. For today's mini challenge, we're going to have ourselves a good old-fashioned bitch fest. And we're going to do it with puppets. Yeah. Why? Because, because everybody loves puppets. God, I missed this challenge. <laughs> All right. One by one, the queens reach into a hole to claim their puppet. Heidi draws Jada's puppet. Jackie draws Sherry. Sherry draws Heidi. Heidi draws Crystal. Jada draws Gigi. And Gigi ends up with Jackie. In the end, Jackie Cox lands up winning her third mini challenge. Jay Ellis, please, uh, can you name well, not even, name two things about this challenge? I want to know. <laughs> what were your thoughts? I, I know you had thoughts on the puppet challenge. What were your thoughts there? Well, my overall thought was that it was one of the worst puppet shows that we've had. Uh-huh. <laughs> and as an adult man, I'm very mad that I didn't get a good puppet show. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the confusing thing to me is Jackie is the winner for Sherry Pie, who is a character in the show that we do not know. So yes. we are not in on the jokes. We do not know what she's referencing. They even cut a lot of Sherry's reads of other of Heidi. Mm-hmm. They didn't show anything. So it's yeah. just we... We're not in on the jokes that were being shown. And I think that was true for a lot of the people, too. Like the uh, who had uh, look over there. That was Crystal had Jada. And that was really the only one that I was like, oh, I can reference that and remember it. And I don't know. I feel like the puppet challenge is always a time to do another reading challenge. Now that you know the contestants and really show physical things. So by Jackie having a beard on Gigi's puppet. Uh-huh. Gigi had the Jackie puppet and had it have like a five o'clock shadow. That's a smart read because now you're picking up on things that RuPaul and others have said on stage or on the main stage. And you're saying, look, I'm listening to your criticisms of my, con- of my competitors. So yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it just was, it was such a strong one. I, to make it easier for me when I'm taking notes for the show, I always do like real quick dashes mm-hmm. and I have like sad faces for every single contestant and usually there's like a, a somewhere in there where i laugh along with them and it just wasn't it wasn't it for me well it was what i was speaking about earlier which is look 
Look, I'm glad that they all get along and that it's great, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily make for great television, which is funny because the puppet challenge is a way to poke gentle fun at people. The thing with Sherry Pie, you're right, uh, when Jackie did it, uh, they were laughing, but to me I was thinking, oh, this must have really happened. We just didn't see it, but I think this moment really, really happened, and we were mm-hmm. just deprived of that moment because of the Sherry Pie edit. And I think we would have thought right. it was funny if it was for that. Uh, I have my notes. Yeah, Crystal, I just have meh, you know, for, for yeah. the portrayal of Jada. Jada as Gigi, I was like, what What are we doing here? I don't even know what this, like, I guess, the Maria the Robot thing. Yeah. Sherry Pie's take on Heidi, I will admit, was kind of funny. But again, there's such a stench with her that I just can't laugh. I just don't laugh. You know, uh-huh. but when you're looking yeah. objectively, like, they, she had the jokes. Uh, with Gigi as Jackie... That one was like, are you, are you are you have mental problems? She was like making these jokes, and she was the only one from what the edit was. She they could yeah. make guys. Everyone should know they could make it so that it looks like that's just what happened. But like she was laughing so hard at her own joke that I was yeah. like, and it made they made it seem as if nobody was laughing that they were just staring at her. And then Heidi's crystal was just very like. Here's the thing, you and I think you were talking about this. You would think that we would get better puppet things because. From what they did, with the exception of Jackie's take on Sherry Pie, just the little we've seen on them on the television show, we could have done these versions of them on the puppet. Whereas you would think that these people who know them much more intimately would have better takes on this or funnier takes, and and, and they really didn't. So, Well, and it's strange, too, because we had the FabFitFun box challenge. I forget what it was, but the essentially the reading challenge where I thought Jackie excelled in that one and had quick come-ups. Mm-hmm. And so for, I guess, like Jackie to win, mm-hmm. I get it. But I, it's just, we ha- again, we were given this, like, quote-unquote character on TV that has been so edited out of the show that we don't know. Yeah. We don't know if those are true. Did, uh, real quick, who would you want to have, based on what we've seen on the show, who would you want as a... Who would you hope the producers were holding up in that hole for you to reach in and grab? <laughs> oh, for myself? Yeah, like, who do you think... I feel like Heidi would be an easy... Easy to make fun of. Uh, okay, Jay. Well, yeah, wasn't... Everyone who missed it, you missed a very visual puppet uh, show that I did. <laughs> and it looked make, just like me. Yeah, the only reason... I, it looked just like Jay. Except I had more clothes on. <laughs> yeah. Jay's constantly nude. Would you ever do a nude thing, Jay? Uh, I... The part were right... Oh yeah. Oh, I did. I've done rear nudity already before. Oh really? Yeah. It's. I feel like if it's an important part of what's happening in the script, like it would. They were having sex. So I was like, of course I have to. It, like that's part of what would be happening in the movie. So yeah. Do you work out extra special for that? Like you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna be showing my. Oh, tell me about this. Well, yeah. Once I got. Once I officially got it, I had two weeks of prep time, and I was mm-hmm. like, that's it. Like we're cutting every every uh, fun drink from Starbucks. Every. I'm going extra hard at the gym, especially hitting yeah, my butt a lot, a lot at the gym. Yeah, a lot of squats. Do you, yeah, yeah. Do you make sure your butt is extra clean that day? Not that you don't think it's clean anyway, but are you like, are you <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, normally it's crusty and gross. So I just made sure to like to hop in the shower before I went on set. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't remember having that worry so oh. i guess that wasn't one of my concerns oh well excuse us mr all the time clean butt <laughs> all right yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> all right uh next rupaul announced this week's maxi challenge 
For this week's Maxi Challenge, your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent will be center stage as you create and perform your own one woman, or should I say, one drag queen show. Yeah. Hashtag drag race. Now, you can play multiple characters or just be yourself. Anything goes. Now, you'll be performing in front of a live audience. And Jackie Cox, you won the mini challenge, so you get to create the show order. As the winner of the mini challenge, Jackie assigned the order in which the queens will perform. Jackie chose to go first, followed by Crystal, Heidi, Gigi, then Sherry Pie. Nobody wanted to go last, but Jada reluctantly agreed to close the show. I don't have a discussion point here, but I want to let's just cover this part right here, and then we'll go to break. Um, what were your thoughts on this on Jackie having to do the order and choosing the order and and whatnot? I always think it's such a punishment to win the mini challenge and assign the orders because there's always going to be one person who's not happy, at least one person who's not happy with their order. Um, But with these kind of things, I don't know how it works, if it would be more beneficial to be first, middle, or last. Because at a roast, I know you've said you always want to be first because you get all your your big punches and jokes out before anybody else can. Mm -hmm. But I know typically you want to build up to the headliner. So I don't know what would be the, the ideal spot, but... I feel like somewhere in the middle would be a great thing. So I think she really did the other queens a solid. I don't know why she went first, especially. No, no, no. You're 100% right. Because essentially what they were looking for was stand-up, even though a version of stand-up. It wasn't a roast. It was was a version of stand-up. The reason in a roast that you want to go first is when everyone's talking about the same topic, well, you want to be the one that's the first crack at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this case, they were all able to do their own characters. So yeah, you don't want to go first. And I actually feel it was very puzzling to me why Jackie didn't put Sherry Pie at the end. Nobody wanted to be in the end. Sherry Pie explicitly said, I don't want to be last, but all the girls wanted to be in the middle. I would have been like, Sherry, bitch, you're going last. Because she. Su- I, I wrote that in my notes before she even ran the light. I said... She has to go. She is such. We've seen. There's a history of her having such a big personality in the challenges that you you wouldn't want anybody to follow her. She would need to close the show. You have, bitch. You're you're closing the show. Uh, yeah. And I would just. I, I don't know why Jada had to do that when it it, it it if you want the show to be the best way. And I don't think Jackie did it out of from what we've seen from the girls. They don't do things uh, in spite. You know, I think she thought. I think she thought that would be the best, but that was a poor decision. Once again, though, and I, and I bring this up many times. Supposedly, Jada has some sort of like theatrical comedy showcase, improv comedy experience. You'd think she would know that. It, it's oh. it's a very very strange decision that she made there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, you mean Jackie or Jada? Sorry, no, I meant Jackie. I, I meant Jackie. No, I meant Jackie. She okay. has that because she, you think she would know how to do the lineup for that particular case. All right, here's yeah. what we're going to do, Jay. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back right after this. All right, and we're back. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg joins Rue to coach the rehearsal after Jackie bombs. Rue advises her to be vulnerable. Heidi wants to emulate her family. Whoopi coaches Heidi how to act drunk. Crystal plans to play a male exotic dance instructor. Sherry plans on playing a psycho- psychic goldfish. Jiggy, Jiggy, Jiggy portrays the flight <laughs> like attendant it. on a plane to hell. And Rue and Whoopi, Whoop. The fuck is wrong? Do you want to do it over? Yeah, Rue, no. Rue and Whoopi tell Jada to slow down before she breaks out in tears and gets a hug. From Whoopi. Uh, your thoughts on this? I, I I have it down here as rehearsal, but it's not a rehearsal. It was like a weird like note session that 
that gave him no notes whatsoever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I said at the top of the show that I liked Whoopi being in this position. I thought it was interesting that Rue decided that this one she would sit on, sit in on because she's with an EGOT winner. Exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> normally it would have been Michelle or Ross if it yeah. was like a Bob Harper. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but all of a sudden e- Rue has time. Yeah, Rue suddenly has time. Yeah. Um, uh, now that I heard that clip a little earlier that she said it could be anything you want, a character, a bunch of characters, your own life story, whatever you want to do. Um, it was interesting to see how these contestants took that and what their choices were. So I guess like going down the line, do you want to talk about Jackie or like, I don't know. How do you want to handle the rehearsals? Cause it was, or just like an overall, how you thought it was the whole section was run. Uh, Cause I thought her notes, I thought Evie oddly gave great notes. You're talking about Whoopi? You're calling her Evie oddly? Evie oddly. She did. Or she really upped her snatch game. Oh, did Evie play Whoopi? Oh, that's right. She did. I forgot about that. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, I just have general notes about the segment. Do you have notes about each person? Um, I did. Uh, yes. But overall, I think that the, my overall thing was that Whoopi was just like, oh, let's go back to the drawing boards on some of these things. Yeah. Well, look, here's the, this is what I said. First of all, let's talk about Jackie Cox. Mm-hmm. Again, somebody who supposedly has sketch and improv experience, I hear one woman show, I would have immediately, that's why there's a part of me that thinks, hear me out, because Jackie Cox is a very smart person. She studies this show, okay? She cracked the code. <laughs> Say hello to my little friends, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, she... I wonder if this was all on purpose. And it's a, it's a risky thing because ultimately Jackie delivers a performance. We'll talk about it later. That is more in line with a one person show. Okay. Yeah. Why would she go out there with essentially a half ass stand up act, which is what it was? It was like a, that was when you're going to like uh, actors taking comedy classes, stand up comedy classes 101. That's what they do. Like, like, hey, so there's usually a moat right here, and if I wear green, then you just see a fin come up. You know, you're just like, yeah, what the fuck? What is she doing? What, is yeah. that even good stand-up? It was like, it was weird. <laughs> do you think that she had the plan? Because something something made Whoopi say, I don't do stand-up, but I'm a great storyteller. Yeah. So that kind of makes me think that somewhere in that, Jackie said to them, I was kind of considering talking about my journey of uh, becoming a drag queen from who I am. And then I think that we got a really stripped down edit. Mm-hmm. To, I think that the, the core idea was there from the beginning and we just didn't see it. Okay. I would buy, I could buy into that uh, because it seems, yeah. that it, it seems odd and that she went in with one idea and came out compl- with exactly what the, i don't know it was very very bizarre exactly what she should have done in the first place she went in and she came out with it i don't know very mm-hmm. strange um when rue gives advice about vulnerability she is so right now it, not to tip my hand a little bit often not by the audience but by co-hosts one that rhymes with Rayla the rate boy i've been sort of uh admonished for um okay uh i've been sort of admonished for um uh, um, in fact, did hey, somebody I'm, I'm, say my name? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, Taylor, t- the, Taylor's back, everybody. Phone. I knew in advance Taylor and I had to take an important phone call. Um, 
So it was from the president. Oh, oh and his heels are click clacking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Taylor, what I was talking about is when RuPaul makes the point about vulnerability and for people to connect with you, you have to be vulnerable. I feel there have been times when you've admonished me for being too, making myself too open to the audience, too vulnerable. Um, maybe not the audience and the public feed, but the Patreon feed gets to see me throw tantrums, gets to see me cry. There was an episode, I don't even know if it's still on the Patreon, where Lori and I had a very, very not funny, in-depth um, talk about our family life and depression. Yeah. Uh, so d- what do you think about that, Taylor? I think it's wa- it's walking a fine line. You don't want to leave. Y- y- you, uh, I kind of was listening to the last minute or so of what you all were talking about before I came back in. And I think that Rue is right that, you know, if we, if we put it out on the table, it helps us to see who the real person is and, and gets us to where we fall in love with them. Mm-hmm. The problem is if you put too much out on the table, there's nothing left for you to hold on to. And then everything is focused on what others think of you versus on what you think of yourself. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a learning how to walk that tightrope of being vulnerable and showing who you are um, in a way that allows you some autonomy yeah. with it. Jay, you want to this? Well, it's interesting because I think that all of the contestants were trying to do something in that vein. Like Heidi was trying to show us who she is based on characters around her. So she's she, what Jackie did that was smart was by placing her mother in one spot. We knew that when she walked over to the stage in that one spot, that was her mom's voice. And that was going to be telling the story for that. When she walked over to another stool and put on a different set of glasses, that was her dad's spot. So we got to see a vulnerability from Jackie from these different storytellers even though her story was the one that was at the core. Whereas with Heidi and Jada, who were telling stories, they weren't really giving us an in or a somebody to latch onto and to know what their actually their overall story was. So I think that Jackie succeeded in the challenge by doing a one woman. There was a beginning, a middle and an end. It was a coherent storyline, which is where I think Jackie succeeded specifically. Yeah. Now, Taylor, uh, when we finish this segment, I want to hear your general thoughts about everything leading up to this. I'll ask you some questions during the interview. But uh, I want to make it known, and this is really the, this is what I've been waiting the entire time to say. I would wear Whoopi's outfit. The caftan? <laughs> yeah, any kind of caftan or moo-moo. I'm ready for them to make, like, male moo-moos. Boo-boos? Is that a moo-moos? <laughs> Boy moo-moos? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a caftan. Maybe before the end of the show, I'll put it on. Uh, I went and bought it. What a, what a treat! <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest; it's a cow tan. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, another thing that uh, I want to comment, and RuPaul says this, and, and Jade, this is where I want your expertise to come in here. She said, "We just want it to be funny," and a one-person show doesn't have to be funny. I mean, what's the one that uh, the a Bronx Tale is very not funny, and that, that came from a one-man show. Um, Tell us about that, Taylor. I mean, not Taylor, but Jay. You're you're our resident expert in this. Tell us about that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's I'm trying to think because back to that clip again. It says it could be anything from you or characters that you play. Mm-hmm. I think that they were expecting UCB does this thing called characters welcome, mm-hmm. where performers can go up and just try characters and see where they get their laughs. It's basically a beat board where you say, "I want to do." Uh, this character, I have a, a broad idea. I'm going to do a monologue, essentially a two minute monologue, which five minutes is when you really think about it, five minutes is tough to fill. It is. Uh, 
especially in a day to come up with material for five minutes. Um, and so this character's welcome really tries to hammer out the, the parts that people like. So for Rue to say, we, we just want it to be funny. I don't know if that was specific to the, con- who, who was she talking to Jackie at that point or Heidi? Uh, or do you remember? I don't remember. Okay. So because Jackie's, I wouldn't really classify it as funny. That wasn't, it, I wasn't no. rolling with laughs or anything. No. Uh, so I don't know if you're, if you're giving a challenge, then you wanted a character study. It sounded like if you wanted, you wanted these people to do improv monologues, but I would make the argument because Laurie and I agree on this. I don't know if you agree with this, Jay is I feel if you're talking about the challenge being a one person show, Jackie won the challenge. But that's not who they gave the that's not who they gave the challenge to. They gave it to Crystal, who made them laugh. I agree with you. Jackie for me had a clear concept and executed it correctly. If if it's a one woman show or a one person show, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, Jackie had a point of view, a beginning, middle, and end, and um, it, it told a story. It what are your thoughts on that, Taylor? Most if if you've ever seen Whoopi Goldberg's. Broadway show from the 80s. I remember they showed it on HBO and it was something that we used to watch all the time. My sister and I, we used to make, you know, we we would, make, you know, quote lines from it and that sort of stuff. It definitely is. There are funny parts, but there are also very serious parts, too. And Jackie's, I thought, was closest to what Whoopi used to do back in the 80s. So I agree. I feel like, you know, it was sort of like Crystal's was funny, but Crystal's was sort of like kind of being a clown versus Jackie's was a, a poignant, it was a tale where you got to know who Jackie was versus Crystal. Well, yeah. Right? We, and we talked about it at the top of the show, Taylor, uh, which is essentially what they were doing. What Crystal did was like a, a character piece that you would do if you were auditioning for SNL. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. It was very, very strange. Um, and let's talk about Gigi Good. Uh, and her breakdown because Rue told her to put the script down and talk, and talk from herself. She's a crazy person, right? <laughs> In the hands of somebody else, this like if this was a Bianca Del Rio piece, my God, like roasting the crowd and doing uh, uh, what's it called? Um, what's it like audience participation? But there's like a specific name where you're crowd crowd. Work? crowd work thank you where you're like talking if, if this was in the right hands as a character as a flight attendant on a flight to hell and the reasons why people are there this could have been spectacular yeah. i think Gigi was not the right person for that character yeah, yeah it was very groundlings i could see you know and the groundlings is a very like definite like it's almost like snl type but some and they play games where the commercials are essentially and there's a part like in the middle where one of them will come out as a character and interact with the audience and it felt very that but that even is like 20 minutes long that's not five minutes you need more than five minutes to do that but i'm talking specifically we're not at that part jay thanks for fucking up the show uh mm-hmm. i'm talking about her breakdown <laughs> during the rehearsal where she starts uh-huh. crying because they asked her to like do improv and speak from the heart there's something about her jackie has this element but now that Gigi's starting to crack we're starting to see it with her where there's this veneer and when it's not perfect and studied, when you ask her to be something that's not studied, she crumbles. Yeah, she doesn't know how to be her. Yeah. When you combine that with the kind of decline that Gigi's doing over the course of the last couple of episodes, of where she started off so strong and now she's either safe or in the bottom half every week, I think that she is somebody who, I mean, something that we have talked about, you and I have talked about on this show, is the level of polish that she has. And mm-hmm. that there is, she is very close to being 
perfection when she is performing as far as her looks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she has an arsenal of when she has to do comedy. We've talked about you. You brought up perfectly a couple weeks ago. Thank you. Last week, the week before Thank the whole you. Kate McKinnon that she's really doing Kate McKinnon characters that she's seen on SNL. Yeah. And so I think going into this, she's realizing that her toolbox or her weapon arsenal doesn't have what she needs for this. So she thought, well, I have to try to look as perfect as I can through this. So I'm going to read from a script and I'm going to have it where it's all figured out. And when they said to her, put the script down, just go from the heart. She didn't have the ability to grab something quick enough. No, you're right. Jay, do you want to weigh in on this? uh, The only thing I would say about that is we think in Snatch Game, it's really improv, which if you look at the ad libs in between answers, it is, it's improv. You're interjecting yourself. And we saw Gigi excel at times when she had to write on paper, but she also had that moment delay to really play that Maria the Robot where she was like, Think of something funny. Think of something snarky, which I think is her default, like be bitchy. And that's her character that she plays very well. That when she is left to improv, it's not everybody has that. It's it's if you don't have that muscle built up, you, it's hard to ask somebody just to improv if they never have tried. So I don't know. It's it. T- she was depending on a script, and I think she went out there with the script, and so that's where the breakdown came from. You just took away everything that I worked on, and you're telling me to do something else. Yeah. I understand where the breakdown came from. You know, recently I was talking about how if I were – because people I – mean, Jay, I think it might have been on our phone call this week about my going on a, a The Amazing Race or some other reality show. And yeah. one thing that I learned with Carlo, my friend's visit, and uh, when Aiden came to visit is a wet and tired Joe Batanz is a fucking cranky-ass motherfucker. And that all you have to do is exhaust me and I will turn into the fucking raging bitch, Right. And so I, you know, we all want to believe that if we go on those reality shows, the editors and producers would love me and I would be the hero. Everybody else would be the villain. I am telling you right now, I would be Sherry Pie. <laughs> I would be Vixen. I would be the Vixen Sherry Pie. I would be Laganja. I would be Darian Lake times two. And I would, they, I would be the mean bitch, right? And because you get me wet. <laughs> you get me wet and tired and girl right and so in the same thing i'm making that point because i think you you can only go so long before these, that's what the shows try and do is they try and exhaust you and tire you and get you drunk so that you become the worst version of yourself and i think with Gigi, i think drag race is is also not just how good you are but it's a test of endurance and i think Gigi had everything planned out and so she was very strong. And then once, I think Taylor was making this point, she petered out. She ran out of like, I'm not prepared for this, you know? And yeah. so we're seeing the real her and she's cracking because she couldn't, she, she's out of ideas. You know, she could only prepare yeah. so yeah. much. So yeah. anyway, all right, let's move on. Uh, well, you know, before we do that, Taylor, you know, just really briefly give your thoughts here because I don't want to get you to get in trouble. Um, did you have any big thoughts about the, like, well, you know, the one thing that maybe we would want to, okay, you know what I got here, what it is. Two things you liked about the episode, one thing you didn't, and okay. your thoughts on the puppet challenge. Uh, well, I can, I can combine those, because the one thing I did not like was the puppet challenge. It was horrible. Yeah. It was the, it was the worst puppet challenge that they've ever done in the show. That's what Jason. Um, yeah, it was definitely the worst. Uh, the two things that I liked were I loved Whippy. Wh- Whoopi Whippy. That's as, her name, Whippy. Whippy. I loved mm-hmm. Whippy. Mm-hmm. I loved Whoopi as the um, mentor or whatever you want to call her and the judge. I thought that she 
there seemed to be a level of respect that she gave these girls that we don't always see. I know that the litmus test for that is almost the Todrick sort of thing. You can buy okay, where everybody where Todrick is as far as the far end of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. But I feel like she was she did a really great job of giving them things to work with. And really, she wanted to see everybody succeed. And that was nice to do that. And Whoopi's kind of one of those people that she's either very hot or cold to me, but I enjoyed her. Um, the other thing that I liked was I liked every single look. I, lo- I love the color purple, meaning the actual color purple. And I love the movie, but I loved every single look on the runway. I thought they all looked great. All right. Very good. It's Elimination Day and Crystal wants a win before the final four. Jackie feels insecure about impersonating her mother. Gigi's terrified of getting the shade rattle. Heidi's excited to tell the story of her family. And Jada doesn't know who Rose Nyland is. Oh, by the way, Taylor, you would have melted down before you got here. Jay couldn't give the last names of any of the Golden Girls. What? He thought Dorothy's no. last name was Dorothy Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Blanche Devereaux. Okay. Rose so- McGowan. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia Vergara. <laughs> that's, that's what she said. Yeah, see, I'm right on. Look at the oh, Golden Girl I'm himself. So, okay. All right. So then let me, let me, let me just ask you this then. The, the, this is going to be this is extra credit. Can okay. you name the four the last names of the four women on Designing Women? What is Designing Women? Oh, <laughs> well, call Babalu. Tell him it's going to be another long one. I'm that, joking. That's, that's it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I say that no, no, no. Character. I know Designing Women. I know Jean Smart is on Designing Women. I know Delta Burke is on it. I don't know the character names at all. You don't even know the first names? Uh, uh-uh. uh. Nope. Deborah. Is there a Deborah? <laughs> no, there's not a Deborah. No, Joe. Can, Joe, can you name the four women on Designing Women? Joe. Oh. I've never seen Designing Women. Okay. Oh, Taylor left. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, have, I have another phone call. I have to go. <laughs> Those heels are click clacking out of the door. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In the Mixler. In the Mixler thing the first person who can name the first the first names of all four of the original designing women we'll just look it up i will send they'll just look it up within the next 30 seconds okay i'm gonna yeah okay i will send a 25 (gasps) dollar amazon gift card whoa okay okay and cindy has be in Mixler.com's chat room. Okay. Taylor's referring to us, uh, the the live listening chat that we're talking about. The live chat. But I'm not going to give oh. the whole thing out because that's for Patreon supporters. So, well, I don't know. Well, I'll keep Nobody's writing it. Get. Cindy is right. Cindy, Cindy Clausen has written the last four names. Uh-huh. I, but... She could write whatever name. I won't know what she's talking about. I never... Did you ever see Designing Women, Jay? No. No, I didn't see it either. I know that it's guy, on Hulu. I know. It's on Hulu. It doesn't hold up as well as Golden Girls. So does, why would I watch it? One of those. I just know the guy because from it was, uh, it was it was a big deal during during the Golden Girls. It was where who were the four leads? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Who were the four leads? The four. I leads? know Gene Smart, Delta, Delta Burke, Dixie Carter, and Mary Jo. Okay, Cindy, Cindy Clausen. She has she has the names. So, 
that was G Smart played Charlene. Actually, she wrote Carlene Frazier. So oh, oh, that's incorrect. Taylor's that was not, incorrect. So Taylor's not gonna have to pay the twenty five bucks. Okay. Del, Del, Delta Burke, I'll send $20 because she got she got it close enough. Okay. So okay. Delta Burke played Suzanne Sugarbaker, Dixie Carter played uh, Julia Sugarbaker and Annie Potts played Mary Jo Shively. Annie Potts. Okay. Who did uh, yeah. the guy from Mannequin play? <laughs> oh, Meshach Taylor. Yeah. He played. He played Anthony. Anthony Bouvier. I met Gene Smart. If that's any consolation. <laughs> okay, that almost is because Gene Smart is a national treasure. However, mm-hmm. the reason Gene Smart is a national treasure is because she was the heart of designing women. What? Okay, that's interesting. I almost, I, ne- I almost want to do a Designing Women podcast with Jay where I make him watch episodes of Designing Women. <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah, what if I didn't like it, though? What Would that would that crumble you? You, you would. It, uh-huh. Or you would You just be... said it doesn't hold up. I know, but that, but that's kind of the point, is that it doesn't hold up. So when you watch it now, it's very like, ugh. Yeah, kind of cringy. Oh, I, I went on a I went on a designing women rant. I don't I'm even sorry. know how we got there. Uh, but, but why did I go on a designing women rant? Because he didn't know the last names of all the Golden Girls. Yeah. Oh, that's so right. really, this is all Jay's fault. <laughs> yeah, I accept full responsibility. Jay, Jay's ignorance just cost me twenty dollars and an and your marriage, <laughs> and your marriage, and my <laughs> marriage. <laughs> yeah, There's a lot on my shoulders. Babalu can't vacuum. <laughs> Babalu did all the housework yesterday. I was talking to Taylor on the phone, and it sounded like Babalu was throwing the dishes like he was having like, a Greek wedding. <laughs> Like, like, I did tell him what you said, and he did laugh really hard. Oh, okay. So, Every once in a while, you just hear Taylor go, Opa. <laughs> Opa. <laughs> just silently, quickly. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So, do you, uh, Jay, did you have any big thoughts on the elimination day? Can you go over that more? Are you going to cut all that out about signing women? No. Oh, <laughs> it's so relevant to drag race. <laughs> Um, uh, they talked to, is this the mirror moments and yeah. what was going on in there? Mm-hmm. God, I can't remember. Here's what I'll what tell happened. you. I'll tell you this. Okay. This Jackie, she goes on, she goes, I don't know how my mom's going to react to me doing an impersonation of her. She doesn't even know I do drag. So in her head, her mom doesn't even know she does drag. She makes it all the way to episode 11 of the show. And then this is what sets her off. Yeah. She's like, no, oh, by the way, we didn't talk about this. Holy shit, how do we not talk about this? This is the most important thing of the show. How did I not bring that up? Oh, okay, yeah, right here. How do we not talk about Jackie's fucking bulge in the first half of the show? I didn't even notice, notice it. What? Are you fucking joking me? It was. I was concerned about the performances, Joe. I'm not looking... <laughs> I'm telling, oh my God, that, you guys are not gay. That is just as bad as the designing women thing. <laughs> Jay, you and I are the worst gays. Yeah, you guys are the, the worst fucking gay guys of all time. I, I, I'm sure the chat room is agreeing with me here. I'm not even in the chat room. Jackie's bulge was so prominent in the first act, the set, all the way through up until Elimination Day. Because uh-huh. this is the same day with the rehearsal. When you see her, it's like, I can't believe she didn't poke Whoopi's eye out. <laughs> You know, so uh, what, what is she wearing? Like sweatpants or something? She's wearing pants, but clearly not underwear. And it's like very, very, very prominent. And hopefully, someone can put in the chat room a link to a screenshot or something. I think it's on Reddit. Um, I'm humble pie already. I, I, I think. 
<laughs> it's already saved in Joe's folder. <laughs> it's about it's a desktop on Joe's. Laptop. I was gonna say it's his wallpaper on his desktop right now. Not the not the whole. It's my Apple Watch face. To edit up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't even notice that. Sorry. It's to always disappoint. eight o'clock. Anyway, um, I will. I will have. I ha- downloaded the episodes. So All that will be the first thing I do after after I'm chastised by my husband for yeah. running over time. Well, just go. I will just say, go, but we have to look at Jackie Cox's bulge. Go like look over there, and then point <laughs> point to Jackie bulges. Jackie bulges. To point to Jackie bulges Cox. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but you're gonna just yeah. The mom's gonna be so more upset about his fucking schwanz just hanging out all over the place uh, <laughs> that she's gonna be that, that the impersonation of her is gonna push her over the edge. Is that yeah. that's what's gonna push her over the edge? Um, what did you? And think it wasn't about an, it wasn't an unflattering impersonation either. I don't think anyway. No. It, 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 she came off great, so I wouldn't she, think that that would be the the one that t- broke it. She made a good point about how one person loved him enough to support him whatever he did and the other one was afraid of anything bad happening to him mm-hmm. you know? uh i i made this point also earlier in the show which is maybe taylor can speak to this a good thing for society is that all these girls get along there's no cattiness there's no pettiness there's no conflama drama or anything like that but it's not necessarily mm-hmm. great for the show in terms of how interesting it is and and so like yeah the the this elimination day uh it's very just whatever. And that's fine, but it's not great television. And the editor yeah. trying to make it like it's a big thing, but it really wasn't. I, I think that um, I, I thought about that. And I think that an example of that kind of goes back to the beginning of the episode, something that I was prepared to talk for, but it speaks to what you're saying now, was the moment where Gigi said, I have to admit, when they said you were both safe, there was a part of me that was very like, Really? Mm-hmm. And I feel like in previous seasons when this has happened, I remember Aquaria kind of throwing a tantrum on her season about that, that there was still the same number of girls. But this is an example of how well these girls get along, which is nice to see, but it also makes for slightly boring television of where Heidi and Jackie were both kind of like, oh, really? But yeah. they were laughing about it. Yeah. It wasn't, there doesn't seem to be this ugliness that you have seen in previous seasons. Mm-hmm. It, it makes for... You know, it's I almost feel like right now we kind of need that to some degree, like yes. as a society, mm-hmm. like the last thing that we need is more anxiety and more drama. So in that regards, it works because it's an hour of comfort food TV, drag races, comfort food TV. Mm-hmm. But it's also, you know, where we're able to watch it and watch people getting along, people of different societies, people of different beliefs, people of different viewpoints, whether it's of drag or whatever, all working together to build a great product both individually but also as a group mm-hmm. all right very good uh all right well let's move on now let's talk about the one woman shows i know jay has notes on this i don't know if taylor does i'm sure he does um you don't have notes on the one woman shows no i kind of there's only six of them i remember them oh all right well excuse me all right uh, guys let's address the sort of the elephant in the room here what is it with this fakakta stupid broccoli thing that they're trying to make a thing? I don't know. Poor Dahlia did not sign up for this. <laughs> the level of unprofessionalism, far too much. Uh, do you think, I mean, her her face says it all. I don't think that she's enjoying this bit at all. No. Because it looks like she's fully beat, too. It's not even like she's a Dahlia the boy with a broccoli no. head. She had to get fully beat in the face and then sit there with a the fucking broccoli on her head. And she got kicked off first. Right. 
and I hate to say, if this was like a Vanjie thing, they would have made it a moment because Vanjie was like a fun character mm-hmm. as our first one off. With Dahlia, I couldn't tell you one thing she did in this show except be a broccoli. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And and storm off when she was voted off or when and she by was the way, uh, eliminated. She didn't bring the broccoli costume. They gave it to her. Maybe they're so proud of that craftsmanship in that costume. They're like, we have got to use this as much yeah. as possible. Same thing with the Elder Barge clip. They paid so much money for that. We're going to fucking right. drop the. We're going to drop that anytime we can. We paid so much fucking money for that. Um. All right. Uh. Okay. So let's go one one by one here. First up is Jackie Cox. We've kind of given her a take here, but uh, we'll go. We'll do. We'll go around the horn here. Uh. Taylor, your thoughts on Jackie Cox? I thought as far as a one woman show, it definitely it it gave you an insight into who she is. Mm-hmm. And there were moments that were, you know, funny, but they were that typical monologue funny yeah. versus something that was like a joke per se. Mm-hmm. But you definitely got to know her better. Yeah. Um there were parts of it that reminded me of um there was an old SNL kit where they talked about like the uh, it was a theater competition, like mm-hmm. a high school theater competition, and Fred Armisen won for best monologist and he did the stereotypical where he's walking back and forth he's going hmm, yeah like like he's saying all of these things that are very, like there were parts of it that felt like that to me mm-hmm. but it was still we got to know jackie a little a little bit better yeah from it, and yeah i enjoyed it jay your thoughts on, on jackie yeah. yeah i talked a lot about her in the rehearsal section so all i'll add is that um there's two comedians i could think of margaret cho and kathy griffin who do kind of characters of their parents mm-hmm. and i think that that's always going to play well when you make fun of people who you let in and an accent always kills like margaret cho does a very funny accent of her mom that's different from hers and i think jackie kind of leaned on though that kind of style of comedy to get the laughs by making her parents have like an affectation do you uh, want to give an example of that jay an example of margaret cho's no 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 not with the accent not with the asian accent not yeah. not today not today <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm usually known for it, but I just don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) But I just thought that was a good, it it was a good way to make that the comedy section. And then when she was addressing the audience to make that the center and the, the purpose of a one moment show. All right. Very good. Uh, All right. Crystal method. She did. uh, I actually have the notes here because producer Luke Samen did it. She so Jackie's was called Between Two Parents, but Crystal Methods was called Phenomenal Phil Exotic Dance Instructor. Your thoughts here, Jay Ellis. Uh, we didn't talk about it in the rehearsal that much for Crystal, but her doing the jerk motion mm-hmm. was hilarious. That made me laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that, I didn't get this as much as the judges did, I think, where I thought it was fine but yeah. i don't think it was a, a one woman show or yeah. like a one person show mm-hmm. so yeah. it didn't match that for me but i just enjoyed watching crystal i thought that the the costuming was really fun to watch taylor but there was a chair oh sorry there was a chair there i was expecting like a magic mic moment where they pulled up somebody mm-hmm. crystal had somebody up on stage with her mm-hmm. and that didn't happen so i don't know if that was maybe something cut but that was it all right taylor yeah compared to jackie's jackie's kind of was an arc where there was there was or a roller coaster, you know, kind of a boring roller coaster, but a roller coaster of where you would have these moments of funny versus with moments of poignant or serious going back to funny, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Where it felt like Crystal's was at a ten from the time she walked out until the time she till the time she left. It was just this crazy over the top, very phys- physicality, very you know, just sort of these really weird 
position she would get herself in and that sort of stuff. And in that regards, it felt very clown like to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't, there were parts of it that were funny, but I would have liked if there was a way that she could have juxtaposed that with some sort of story to who she was, other than I've worked for this person. I've worked for this person. I taught this person this, um, I would have liked to have seen something. This wasn't supposed to be comedy sets. This was supposed to be stories. One woman shows or one queen shows, which allowed you to get to know people better. And she didn't, even with like when Whoopi Goldberg did her show, she played five different characters. But in the course of those five different characters, there was comedy. Are we talking about Crystal or Heidi? Crystal. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Did I say Heidi? I mean, if I did, I'm sorry. I say Crystal, you know, you feel like you got to know Whoopi through these characters. And I feel like we didn't necessarily get to know Crystal okay. through Phil, the, the exact answer. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, you know, I kind of feel... Th- th- I'll give Crystal the benefit of the doubt here in that it seemed like the show wanted us to love this, but they did a disservice to the to the set by not showing us the whole thing. There's a part of me that wonders if... We watched the entire five-minute set if we would have maybe gotten it a bit more. Because in the one-minute chopped-up version that we saw, it was hard to tell what was going on or what the point was other than a a person doing a crazy SNL-type character that did dance moves. And I I, I think you're right, Taylor. I don't think we ever learned anything about Crystal. And it's funny because the vulnerability thing that, that Taylor talks about, how was Phil making Crystal more vulnerable? Yeah. You know, but uh, but maybe again. But I think Rue was going to laugh, and it was it was as we know, RuPaul likes very cheap, dumb jokes, and it was cheap, dumb jokes. All right, next we have Heidi in closet. We'll start with Taylor. What were your thoughts here? Um, too many characters, too too many characters, and not enough difference between them. Other than you sort of knew where who people kind of sort of who people were by the grandmother with the weird squatting, mm-hmm. and then. Then the aunt, you know, it was sort of under my breath. I was like, say potato salad one more time. Like it was, it was sort of the story didn't really stray too far from two people arguing about potato salad with two random other people. You know, Rue said during um, deliberations or said during uh, the, the, the talking about it, that it would have been better if she just stuck to two characters, much like Jackie did where there were just the two of them. Um, it wasn't just this nece- wasn't necessarily well thought out. Yeah. Jay, your thoughts? I agree with everything Taylor said. And I think the only thing that could have made this was by having props to really distinguish which character she was playing at what point, if she was going to do multiple characters. But I think she would have really uh, strengthened this if she had stripped it down into, if she wanted to have an argument over potato salad and play these two characters, mm-hmm. she could have done that. Yeah. What's it fun? felt oh, like in the beginning, I'm, I'm sorry. No, it, it felt very much in the beginning, like, you know, when Trinity uh, K. Bonet, where they gave her where she told, told stories about her grandmother mm-hmm. and talking about, you know, stop running through the house. You're going to run my lights up. And she mm-hmm. started to tell a joke similar to that, that I was like, oh, this isn't good. People are going to read her to filth because it feels like she's ripping off of Trinity. Yeah. Um, and that's not necessarily where it went, but it still felt Trinity's was a much better fleshed out set. That was a comedy set versus this one that was just sort of telling a story. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm not. I, I agree with everything you guys say. The problem is this: they did a fucking rehearsal with Whoopi and Rue. Every character that uh, Heidi talked about in that rehearsal, she did on the stage. 
She did exactly, probably all the queens, she did exactly what she told them she was going to do. Rue says, maybe you should, and the judge's critique, maybe she should have boiled it down to two characters. Yeah, you could have told her that during the fucking rehearsal that you had with her the day before. So yeah. that's the part I don't get. They're like, yeah, she, it's not like all of a sudden Heidi invented these characters after the, no, she said, I'm going to do my, my straight uncle or cousin. I'm going to do my drunk uncle. I'm going to do my grandma. I'm going to do my friend with the potato. She told them everything I'm going to do. And they sat there and smiled and said, okay. I feel yeah. Whoopi, when, t- when giving her a discussion about the drunk uncle, Whoopi did hint at saying, you know, you can refer to people without having to actually do them or see them. Yeah. And I think we could have done that. If we would have seen maybe a conversation between the aunt with the potato salad and the grandma, uh, and then the which grandma just refers to these other people. Or maybe not even the aunt. She'd be like, oh, here comes so-and-so with her nasty potato salad, you know? Um, well, but, even has as Shangela has done, where she goes, "I said what?" Like, and she like turns to like a part of the stage. She probably could have placed characters yeah. on different part of the stage and had one character talking, yeah. like re- responding to these characters but of they, what they said. They could have the given her that note in the rehearsal, though. Yeah. I agree that that is a really major note that they they knew exactly what she was doing, and then they critiqued her for what she did. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on. Gigi Good, uh, Jay Ellis, give us your thoughts on Gigi Good. Um, again, I kind of have said what I think could have happened here. Um, I ruined the show by giving my thoughts too early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think the premise is there. It's a really fun. It has a beginning, her wheeling in, a middle, her talking with everybody, and then an end wheeling out. Mm-hmm. I think that it, it, it could have been a successful show if it was in the right hands of somebody. Uh, Taylor? Great concept. A great, great concept for, for exactly what Jay's saying, for the right person or the most prepared person. Um, and she, she started off super strong because she knew the beginning of that speech or monologue or whatever. But then once she started referring back to her notes that she had in the back of her cart, Mm -hmm. you could, you could see it hit a pause button being hit Mm -hmm. and you could see her starting to, okay, how do I work these jokes in? How do I work these things in? But the problem is for her, it might've been, I'm doing this for a half a second for the rest of us. It's five, six, seven seconds Mm -hmm. that we're just sort of sitting there waiting for something to happen. Well, the other thing too, is it might've done well on stage. One thing that, and this is why there, there are a lot of comics who are known for their crowd work. They're really amazing at crowd work. In fact, there's one named Ian bag, right? He's probably the best in the business. The problem is that crowd work works really well in, in a live situation, but it does, it plays horribly on TV because we have no connection to who that person is. See, with an audience, they feel they're having a special moment with the with the, they're having their own unique experience with the comic, and so it's funny, and they can see this person and they can laugh. On television, it doesn't play very well, so I think maybe this played better in in the studio than it did uh, in real life. Also, mm-hmm. um, very it was something I noticed. Um, I mean, this is a weird quiz here because I got it. I don't know why I got it, but do you do you get the mixing textiles joke, Jay? No, Taylor, did you get it? It's a Bible reference. Yeah, in the Bible, it's a. It's like, I think you get. I think you, I don't know what the punishment is, but I think it's very serious, like stoned yeah. to death or something. If you wear two different textures, like a cotton mm-hmm. pants with like a silk blouse or something like that, right? Yeah. 
Oh, well, yeah. that's fun for that character. That's fun for the scenario. Then I didn't catch that at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That yeah. one, what an obscure Bible reference that she's. Uh, making. Well, but no, nobody is going to be sitting there eating shellfish. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, th- there was just something that would be one. But no, I got it right away. Was, you know, he's always watching, sort of thing. It's yeah. it was it was a fun it was a fun quick quip. Yeah. I picked up on them. Like, whoa, Gigi with the the textile reference. Uh, okay, uh, you 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 know, Jay, you often hear it in um, in anti gay. Like when you're talking to someone who's anti gay, you can say they're like, "Well, it says in the Bible that you shouldn't marry a man." I think the punishment for wearing two different textiles might be worse than having sex with a man. Like, I think oh, it's, really? it's like a crazy, weird, strict punishment. And you're like, "Well, uh-huh. you're, you, I think you also, there's a whole thing." Anyway. Okay. Uh, okay. Next on the list, we have uh, Sherry Pie. Uh, uh, Taylor, why don't you give us your thoughts on Sherry Pie's uh, section? Um, it looked like from the six-hour <laughs> extravaganza that it was, it looked like it had the potential to be very funny, yeah. and they were definitely showing the audience very engaged in it. Mm-hmm. The fact that they were told it was supposed to be three to five minutes, and she went, was it 18 minutes, they said? 17. 17, 17 um, should have immediately put her in the bottom two. Should she have been uh, I, disqualified? <laughs> I think she should have been yeah. disqualified. Um, when Michelle said, that was selfish of you, I my first thought was michelle's right but i'm also wondering if part of the reason why this season is everybody is so nice is if sherry is the villain that has been removed from the story and that i'm almost wondering if part of this is sherry she sees jada at this point jada's one three which means she's now tied with does sherry have three or does Sherry have two wins? Sherry has two. I think two. Sherry has two wins. Okay. So you now have some, a chance to take out somebody who's nervous. So we're just going to keep filibustering and we're just going to keep talking to where we rustle, you know, ruffle the feathers of the last girl and maybe take out a strong contender. Mm-hmm. But we're not seeing that because we're not seeing confessionals and we're not seeing, you know, interviews. I'm just starting to wonder if there is a there's a character that's missing from this entire show, other than the character that is already missing from the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, here's the thing. It's a weird thing I want to say right now. The the bit seemed like it played well. It seemed like it was probably pretty funny. In fact, when you I was I watched it again this morning, you could actually see the girls laughing in the background. You know, they cut conveniently to certain moments when, you know, Jada's pissed and Jada's right, but the other girls are laughing. The one the one thing I'll give Sherry is, you know, when you do stand up, they give you a light uh, about a minute before you're supposed to end. And I don't get the sense that they gave her the light. And it's very difficult, and nor is it the performer's job to keep... You I mean, you look, you're supposed to keep your... You're supposed to make it so it's about five minutes. But you can lose track very easily, and that's why you need the light. And I don't think they gave her the light. And I, nor do I think, and Lori made this point last night in the first response, that the other girls were exactly five minutes. You know, I'm sure the other girls ran over by a minute or two, and they were like, okay, whatever. All right? And, um, but they should have given her the light in some way or, or flashed her and said, like, you know, like, hurry it up. Or, and, and, but it seemed like they, they gave her the noose to hang herself here. Yeah. Uh, and I think Sherry Pie is, uh, a, a, you know, a, a ham. 
and um, she was taking all the time she can get, and no one was stopping her. And she did, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure she was completely unawares. No, yeah. I'm not sure she was completely yeah. aware. Um, <laughs> all right, finally. Oh, I was going to say, I think of America's Next Top Model when they do go-see challenges where you are eliminated or disqualified if you don't make it by a certain point mm-hmm, in the challenge. Yeah. And I I mean, I kind of was expecting that where they said, you did a good job because the, the sketch seemed like, or the, the show seemed like a fun idea or premise, mm-hmm, Yeah. but you really went over and you kind of screwed up everything. So I was kind of expecting that to be an instant issue. So yeah. that was just all well, I, I think, And I think maybe she should have been in the bottom for it. That's sort of weird they saved her. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it sort of. But that's the, the criticism of the show. Well, boys, you know what it's time for. Wait, Jada. Oh, that's right, Jada. Tell us, Jada. Oh, sorry, Jada. <laughs> it's, it's time, time for Jada. For Jada. <laughs> it's time for Jada. It's time for the Jada. <laughs> uh, there's really not much to say, though. Honestly, <laughs> I didn't understand this. Uh, was she on the ground, or was the no? Okay, on I the can. I, people have the... asked this already. Okay, I can tell you. She was judging a pageant, but she was also going to perform in the pageant, okay? At a certain point, she had to pee. Her boyfriend at the time was also named Rue, which I don't know why. She should, that was confusing, so she didn't have mentioned that. But her boyfriend's name was also named Rue, so she flagged him down and said she had to go pee. So then when the, when the performance was over, she, not in her performance, like a, a category she was judging, she ran off and grabbed her boyfriend, and they went to the restroom. And I guess she has to take off all the tucking pads and the and the thing, and the, she has to pee really badly, and she doesn't make it in time, and she pees all over her boyfriend. Okay. Which, by the way, let's think about the logic of that. If you have to pee that bad, you're peeing for a long time. You're telling me. It's just like. <laughs> you pee, you let go the entire time. You just release everything, and then you don't realize your boyfriend is underneath. I could see, like, maybe, like, a drop comes out, and then your boyfriend gets out. They're like, am I wrong here? No. Unless they were in a stall. If they were in a stall and he had no place to go. If or it's they're in the water sports. Don't kink shame. <laughs> I'm not kink shaming. Well, no, I'm not kink shaming. But <laughs> that's, that's a good a... question. Jay, Would uh, Taylor, would you ever let Babalu pee on you? No. No. We eat far too much asparagus in this house. I would not let him pee on me. <laughs> I said that exactly for the look that Jay gave. Because <laughs> instantly you're hit with that. I kind of like the that smell. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> like the smell. No, I would. I am not. I don't get that. That's not a thing for me. If anything, it upsets me in porn when suddenly that happens and I'm not expecting it. I'm always like, oh no, no, no. What, what porn are you watching where that suddenly happens? Well, where it, I'm expecting one thing and then suddenly somebody pees on somebody and you're kind of like, oh, that's not. <laughs> that's not my jam. That's something you and uh, and your boyfriend would do, Jane. Uh, no, it's not for either of us. You guys seem but very I'm, vanilla. I'm proud of the people who that is for. That's just not for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm not kink shaming. I'm just saying it's not for me. Yeah. Have, you, have you ever peed or peed on someone, Taylor? No. Jay? No. Only one time when I was judging a pageant and I couldn't get to the bathroom. <laughs> Uh, for Jada, I just didn't think that that was the story to tell to let us know about Jada. I just don't think it was the right choice or the mm-hmm. timing was off. There was a lot of factors in this specific instance where I don't know if it was the right one. Mm-hmm. I, I was curled into a ball on my couch. I realized after she was done because of the cringiness of it yeah. that I was oh, yeah. like hugging myself, oh, like make they, it stop. 
where they clearly turned up the sound microphone. So when she's walking across the stage where you could just yeah. hear everything, you get, it's like that video where they removed all of the sound from the Wendy Williams when she's walking out, walking, yeah. you have all the people like doing that <clears throat> in the background. Uh-huh. That's yeah. very much what it felt like. And I do agree with Ross that when he said the, the moment I liked her the most in that whole thing is when she reflects on herself and she says, Oh, you guys aren't feeling it at all. And I let out like a release, like, Oh, she knows it's bad. Like yeah. she's not up here thinking it's great. So I, yeah. I liked that. See, that's where I disagree with you, Jay, because that's a, like a, almost like a rule in stand-up comedy. You don't ever acknowledge that, that that's happening because yeah. then it, it makes the – it makes them – like, in other words, I know, I know she's not doing stand-up. I know she's doing a one-woman show. But the thing with stand-up, a lot of it's a very power uh, dynamic. And so if they feel – they smell blood – uh, they you will go down even further. I don't know why that isn't stand up. You know, I did the moth once, and it was a very unusual feeling because everybody was like rooting for you at the moth. Like they were like all looking at you and smiling. I don't know why it doesn't stand up when you go up and say they're like, mad at you. <laughs> like what are you doing? It's like you interrupted them. It's like it's a weird. Yeah. And that's why you always. That's why you have such violent terms with stand-up it's because the stand-up see it as a as a battle with the audience and who doesn't want to laugh and they need to make them laugh like killing and dying and bombing it's um it, they, they see it as a fight and so yeah. one of the things is you don't give up that power dynamic taylor you want to say something so so why okay so going back to the story so she peed on her boyfriend <laughs> and then she went back yeah and the judge asked for air fresheners yeah which who would just have air oh you mean these right here because it's and she thought it was because did she smell like urine? Yeah, because she thought she would because smell like urine. She, so she thought she peed on herself too. I guess. But then it was people eating hot dogs and onions. Yeah. But is it possible that he thought it was hot dogs and onions, but it actually was the smell of her pee? I don't know. It, the whole the whole thing was just confusing and awkward and uncomfortable. And I'm so glad that that wasn't a 17 minute story with a goldfish. Just like the latte household, she had just eaten asparagus as well. <laughs> so she <laughs> thought it was her. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a good story. I don't think yeah. it was the right choice for this challenge. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, boys, you know what time it is? The looks now? <laughs> it's time for the looks. Very good, Taylor. All right. Let's get this all set up here so everyone can see. Uh, okay. Here we go. Now, now I don't know how we're going to do this because, Jay, the way we do it, I know. So I, 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 <laughs> Taylor Taylor does a great job at doing it. I don't I, I agree with him. I think they're all great, but I'll let Taylor describe them as they go. Okay, no, 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 you can describe them this week. The, the point game. is you have the three minutes and ten seconds it takes to watch this. Here we go. Three, two. All right. Here we go. I don't know. You guys decide. First it, up though, well, we have uh, I believe who is? Oh, it's uh, it was Jackie, Jackie Cox. Cox first. Okay, go ahead. So Jackie Cox came out in the purple people eater outfit, kind of like it reminded me of a Miley stage show that you might see where she had the tongue reveal where she pulled it out. Mm-hmm. I liked it because it was something different from Jackie, so I gave it high marks. I gave it an eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, we're doing numbers. Yeah, no, I really liked it too. Um, I thought it was something very different from what we've seen from her, yet still staying with that 60s, 70s aesthetic. I would, def- I would give it an eight as well. Crystal method. Method. Crystal method. Crystal method looking like Spyro the Dragon. Uh, this was awesome. <laughs> I loved how many different textiles were on it. She'd be going to hell. I love the nose pattern, the shape, the ears, everything about it. Crystal is just giving me life in this competition. This was a 10. This was, this was a 10 for me too. It was something that spoke very much to who she was. 
Um, I loved that it was just the use of the felt like knots, kind of like you would see that a blanket that's made by kids um, just speaks to who she is. Heidi Aphrodite. <laughs> yeah, Heidi came out in a purple gown, um, very big hair. It looks fantastic on her. Her makeup is so much better than it has been. It was just a little expected. I, I This is the, the richest I've seen Heidi look, though, which is great. So I gave it an eight just because it was expected. I would give it an eight as well. It's very pageant, 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 but she looks beautiful. This is probably the prettiest she's looked all season. So I would definitely give it an eight as well. And her makeup, I, I can't stress enough how much it's improved from what we've seen earlier Gigi in the season. good! Yeah. Gigi good had a reference to Daphne from Scooby-Doo. Um, the first thing I noticed was the green more than the purple, but I think that the way that she reimagined the costume was great. I loved the uh, mesh sleeves, and she did the little dance on the runway. So she was having fun with it. I gave this a seven. Okay, and uh, the green, I love that shade of green. Um, I like that she uses culture references, but this is also expected for her. I would give this a six. All Great. right, very good. Redacted. Redacted. <laughs> I won't talk about her. I think that this costuming, whoever makes, whoever made her costumes this entire season for Sherry is actually doing a fantastic job. I think that this Cheshire cat call is very cool, and we finally have a different look and the makeup, to be fair, was very on point. Yes. I, as much as I hate it, she killed it. And I would, if, if I was rating it, I would rate this a nine. Okay. I didn't give it a number, but I would agree up there. Jada Essence Hall! Ooh, I lived for this. <laughs> I love this look. Um, Jada has a slit down the front and into a purple dress with purple boots and a big fascinator purple hat. It's awesome. The wig is perfect. Having it asymmetrical like that. This was a 10 for me as well. This wasn't a 10 for me, but I would give the, I would actually give this probably an eight. Um, it wasn't necessarily my favorite look. It felt kind of plain in some ways compared to some of the other looks, but she did look beautiful. Yeah. All right. And Rue seems to be having a good time with this runway. We're watching her laugh a lot during this. So that's a, that is always fun. Much like the, she already done had horses from yeah. the um, mm-hmm. Leslie Jones one. It seemed like with Whoopi and everything, they were definitely doing that, that she was enjoying herself, which is always fun to watch. I also loved Rue's line about um, when Whoopi said, ooh, what a difference a day can make. And Rue says, a little lip gloss and mascara. <laughs> <laughs> it was cute. All right, very good. After the critiques and deliberation, RuPaul tells Gigi and Jackie they're safe, and Crystal Method wins her first maxi challenge of the season. After Sherry is safe from the bottom three, Heidi, Aphrodite, and Jada Essence Hall are left to lip sync for their lives. The song, 1999 by Prince. Uh, after a lip sync battle for their lives, Jada is told Shantae you stay while Heidi is asked to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy, JLS, we'll start with Taylor though. Any final thoughts on the episode? Anything we missed? Every, on all your notes, is there anything you wanted to say that we didn't get to? On my reams and reams of paper of notes, um, mm-hmm. I would say I was very pleasantly surprised by the song for the lip sync, mm-hmm. but it made purple sense. It made purple sense. <laughs> it made purple it made sense. Pr- I did. I swear I didn't do that on purpose. Uh, I, swear <laughs> I, didn't, I swear I didn't do that on purple. Um, I'm thinking I, of buying a purple also, mattress, by the way. Do you know anyone who owns one? I do know some. I knew, do. Okay, I suddenly can't talk. I do know someone who owns a purple mattress. Yes. D- does this person like the purple mattress? Yes. Oh, all right. Go ahead. We'll talk later. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Oh, can I get a purple mattress? <laughs> There's not a sponsor. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if I can't get away luggage, can I get a purple mattress? Um, 
The other thing was I thought that it was smart that Jada removed the wig for the, the short hair reveal because it also reminded me in some ways sort of of Prince's hair. So there was almost like when we saw with Naomi did the Prince look a couple of seasons ago, or she did that on All, All Stars. Mm-hmm. It was similar to that, but she also gave me very much not only just Prince, but Sheila E. Sheila E. W- went through a phase, not with the Glamorous Life, but her second album. She had hair very similar to that with that color and used to wear outfits that were very much with the high boot and the big shoulder pads and stuff. So it was almost like she was lip syncing a Prince song to a t- it, in like Sheila E. drag. And I... I'm a huge Sheila E fan from back in the day and loved everything about that. So it was a strong, strong lip sync from Jada. But I expected that because she did so great when she lip synced the first time. Jay? Yeah. Uh, I agree. I think that the wig change was very necessary for this look. I think that it still fit the outfit as well. So her having that reveal was fun because to have your face blocked by that hat would have been doing you a disservice. Um, very rarely do we see contestants come back from four lip syncs. So I think we saw the writing on the wall that Heidi was going home and I was bummed to lose Heidi, but to lose to Jada, like, I mean, it's, it was a good lip sync to go out on. I think that was a good song and they both, they both did great. Yeah. yeah I thought it was, it was a good, good lip sync. It was a good lip sync. You know, the good battle between friends. Jay, um, have you gotten all your thoughts and notes all ca- taken care of? You, you said everything you have to say here. <laughs> The only thing I have that I did not bring up was with Gigi, I put Gallagher because of all the props that she had. <laughs> but uh, it, the, the, I think it worked because she had to hide them in the cart in order to make it work. And I know she was going back to check her notes, but really that's the only thing I have in my notes that I am pulling up. But um, yeah, I think I said everything I want to say. All right. What about you, Taylor? I've said everything I want to say. All right. Well, then that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 12. So, for Tate of the Latte Boy, Jay, oh, Jay Ellis, give your plugs. Where, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram at don't underscore be underscore jealous and Twitter at still underscore jealous. All right. For uh, JLS, Taylor Latte Boy, and myself. Sashay away. Until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Drag Race Recap. If you want access to more Season 12 content, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Twitter and Instagram at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The theme song was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. <laughs>